God, we ask you to move into this place, oh God. What a good God that we serve. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, we magnify you today. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. What a wonderful presence of the Lord. I won't be long today. I'd like to keep the flow of that spirit going. I do want to say a few things uh, before I get started here. I really appreciate everyone's help the last few days. We had one of the busiest weeks ever had. We had a core class on Tuesday, midweek on Wednesday, youth revival on Thursday, youth revival on Friday, lock-in on Friday, graduation party on Saturday, service today, and baccalaureate service I'm speaking at tonight. So, with all that, I appreciate all the help of the, uh, everyone that helped this week, everybody that moved a chair, moved a table. Uh, it, we could not have done it without you, and so I appreciate all the effort that was put toward that, everyone that showed up at Carter's party last night, we appreciate that. We know people have busy, busy time of year, and so all those that gave him cards of appreciation, and um, yeah, he opened the cards, took what was inside, tossed the card on the floor, and didn't even read it, and uh, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. He, we, we all Actually, we all sat around the kitchen table last night and read through those cards, and so anyway, we appreciate uh, everyone that's been so kind. Uh, Lord, we thank you today. We come to you in prayer. We ask God that the next few moments that you would speak into our lives, the next few moments you allow this word to minister in Jesus' name. Uh, I want to talk to us about, from this title, Stand Still. It was when the children of Israel were finally delivered out of slavery. It had to be a time of excitement and faith. 430 years they had lived in bondage. The ones leaving Egypt had never in their life experienced freedom. For generations, they had heard about the land that God had given them, the land that God had promised them. And for generations, they desired that, that, that land that God had promised their forefather, Abraham. They would pray often, God, take us to that place. God, bring us to that promised land. And one day, God hears their prayers and delivers them he sends plagues to change the heart of Pharaoh. And finally, Pharaoh consents and they leave Egypt. No more bondage, nor, no more obeying the cruel taskmasters, no more hard and unreasonable labor. They are free, no longer under the hands of the cruel Pharaoh. But not only that, God is supernaturally leading them, a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night would lead them and guide them. And so there is no doubt God is with them on this journey. He has brought them out miraculously. He is leading them miraculously. They are rejoicing and celebrating the fact that God is on their side. Can I tell you just today, in a, in a moment, God touched them. A situation, they, their family and their uh, generations, they've been in it for years, in fact, hundreds of years. But yet in one moment, God touched their situation and brought them out. And it is the same for us today. You can be dealing with something for days or weeks or months or even years or, or maybe even in generations in your family. But all it takes is one moment with Jesus Christ and he can deliver you and he can heal you and he can set 
you free. One touch can change situations and circumstances that have existed for years. They can be gone in one moment. It would have been an amazing sight to watch all those Israelites marching out of Egypt, headed to the promised land. Then they see a problem, a big problem, the Red Sea. And in the meantime, back in Egypt, Pharaoh has had a change of heart. He decides, I want to bring the Israelites back into captivity. He regrets letting them free. And so he sends his massive army to bring the Israelites back. As Pharaoh knew, knew, drew near to the children of Israel, they were afraid and they cried out. Their excitement that was just short-lived, their faith, that was short-lived, now became fear and doubt. And they said things like, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? We had it so much better in Egypt. What have you done for it to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? It would have been better for us to be a slave in Egypt than be a corpse in the wilderness. They're confused and they are upset about their circumstances. And sometimes we feel that way. There's times that God is leading us and guiding us. And there is no doubt he is taking us to great and wonderful places. And then we wake up one day and we feel like God has forsaken us. We had so much confidence and so much faith that God is with us. But yet when trials come and problems come, we look around and say, where is this God that brought me here. Can I tell you, the Bible promises us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's not a promise from a friend or a family member or even your pastor, but that is God Almighty promising, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There may be times we feel like Jesus has left the building, that Jesus has departed from our life, but we have to trust in him and we have to trust in his word and know that he is with us because he has promised, I'll never leave or forsake. Let me just take a side road for a moment. King David wrote a lot of Psalms before he died. One of those is found in Psalms 37 and 25. He says this, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. David, in his wild roller coaster of a life, had seen a lot. He had witnessed much, and here he is looking back, and he's saying, what I have witnessed from being a youth to an elder, I have seen kingdoms be established. I have seen kingdoms fall down. I've seen the blessings of God, but I've also seen the damning effects of sin. I've seen kings go crazy, and I've seen giants be defeated. But I'll tell you what I've never seen. From youth until my old age, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Why? Because the promise is I will never leave or forsake. David is saying, I've been through some tough times. I've made some mistakes. I felt like maybe things around me were falling apart. I've had times of confusion and even frustration. But I can stand and testify today, I've never seen the righteous so the Israelites, standing on the shoreline of the Red Sea, Pharaoh's army getting closer and closer. What a roller coaster of emotions. You go from having amazing victory to a terrible defeat. 
being full of faith to being full of fear. Having so much certainty and now being filled with confusion. Moses hears from the Lord and he addresses the people in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he, he goes on to say, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye will see them no more forever. That enemy that has plagued your family for generations, that enemy that has kept you held down and in bondage and in captivity for years and years, maybe even your entire life, he says today you're not going to see them anymore forever. No longer will you have to struggle. No longer will you have to battle. God is going to take care of it. But what's interesting is God says this, stand still. Why would God tell them to stand still at a moment like this? That God has led them to this place, this place of despair. It wasn't Moses that took them there. It wasn't they ended up there by accident or they took a wrong turn. God led them to the Red Sea. And when you read the book of Exodus, you will see that God was very specific in his directions and guiding them and leading them, leading them to precisely that spot at that time. He could have led them safely across the Red Sea long before Pharaoh even got out of bed that morning. He could have destroyed Pharaoh and his chariots and his army well before they even harnessed up to ride to chase the Israelites. God could have done everything and anything he wanted to keep Pharaoh from reaching them. But here they are. Standing with the mountains to the north, the desert and the fortified Egyptian cities to the south, an irate Pharaoh and his army behind them, and the Red Sea in front of them. And the best advice they can get, the word from the Lord is this, don't be afraid, just stand still. I don't know if we find a more hopeless situation in all of scripture. They have no weapons to fight their battle. They have no escape plan. They are hopeless. They have nowhere to go. They are trapped. I'm sure some thought maybe we could run into the mountains and hide. Maybe some thought, well, I'll just go back and surrender to Pharaoh's army. Maybe some just thought, I'll just go back and be a slave in Egypt. Maybe some just thought, I'll start swimming across the Red Sea. But they didn't do any of these things. They obeyed the Lord and they just stood there. Looking out into an open sea hearing hundreds of chariots and thousands of soldiers rushing behind them. And that's just like the enemy. He comes into our lives when we face difficulty. Where is your victory now? Why aren't you celebrating now? Where is that little jump and, and where is that little worship and where is that little praise now? You're, you're standing in front of the Red Sea. You were so excited about being delivered. You were so excited about being out of slavery, but where is it now? But they listened to God and here they are standing there. And we know Moses brought his staff across that sea and a wind began to blow all night, the Bible says, turning that seabed into dry land and the people of Israel marched right through the Red Sea on dry ground. And once they cross safely. Here comes Pharaoh's hundreds of chariots and thousands of soldiers pursuing them. And as soon as they entered into that dry seabed, those walls of water collapsed together. And they were drowned. Not one 
Egyptian soldiers survived. God did not lead them to a dead-end street to die. He led them to that place at that moment to display his power and his love to them. That when they got eventually to the promised land, they couldn't say, weren't we so smart that we outsmarted the Egyptians? Weren't we such a genius? And didn't we have such high intelligence that we had this elaborate escape plan? No, when their kids ask, how did we get here? God brought us out. God delivered us. We didn't do it on our own. The phrase, be still or stand still, comes from the Hebrew word rapha. This word means to be weak. The Lord basically told the Israelites, commanded the Israelites, become weak. You see, their minds were racing. They were trying to figure out how can we, quote, unquote, fix this situation. What, what could we do to, to correct this? What can we do to help ourselves? Uh, and maybe they were coming up with plans of, of ways to escape death or maybe plans to hide. And, and God just simply says, no, you need to stand still in this moment. You need to become weak. It's not a show of force. It's not a show of intelligence. It's not a show of how, how smart and what maneuvers you can do to get out of this situation. You need to become weak. Just stand there and become defenseless. And we don't like that. We don't like to be associated with weak. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die fighting. If Pharaoh's army wants a fight and they're going to try to take us back to Egypt, they're going to have a fight. We may not have weapons, but we can pick up rocks and sticks, and, and we're not going down without a fight. But God is saying, no, 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 no. What I want you to do is just stand still. What I want you to do is become weak. What I want you to do is become defenseless. Why would he ask that? Remember what the Lord told the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Paul says, and he, talking to the Lord, said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. The Lord told Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In our weakness, God's strength is made perfect or made complete. And God is commanding them, stand still, be still, be weak. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to fix it on your own. Quit trying to solve your own problems. Just stand still and see the salvation of how many times do I come to the front of this church and I'm trying to figure out my problems. I'm trying to figure out my struggles. I'm trying to figure out how to solve this and fix that. And God is saying, what I would wish you would do is come to the front of this church and just stand still. What I wish you would come is just be weak. Put down your defenses and allow me to work in your life. The book of Daniel says that King Nebuchadnezzar built a statue. Ninety feet tall, made of gold. And he sent out an announcement to all the governors and counselors and advisors and judges and officials to come to the dedication of this statue. When everyone arrived and they were standing around the image, King Nebuchadnezzar said, people of all races and all nations, all languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of music, bow down to the ground and worship this 90-foot statue. And anyone who refuses will be immediately thrown into a blazing hot furnace. 
So the music plays. Everyone bows to the ground. Everyone but three Hebrew young men. And when the order was given to bow before a false statue, when the order was given to bow on the ground before this false god, it was three Hebrew young men that decided we would rather just stand still. Can you imagine the sea of people on their face, on the ground, and these three young men standing there and saying, no, we'd rather not. Somebody told on them, ran to the king. You know those three guys that you said over those provinces, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow. And so the king calls them in, says, listen, I heard a rumor. You've refused to worship the golden cat, uh, statue that I've set up. And the, the king becomes angry, and he says, now listen, maybe you're a little thick in, in the skull. Maybe you're a little slow learner, so we're going to do this again. You're going to have a very one-on-one uh, -on -one chance and one-on-one -on -one opportunity to fix this problem. I'm going to play music again, and you three young men are going to bow to the statue. And if you don't, you will be thrown into the furnace. And he said this, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't really have to defend ourselves before you. If you throw us into a blazing furnace, the God that we serve, he is well able to save us. He can rescue us from your power. But even if he doesn't, we still are not going to serve your gods. We're still not going to bow down and worship the golden statue that you built. I love the response that we don't have to defend ourselves. You. The God that I serve has all the power that I need. We don't see these three young men arguing for the release. We don't see these three young men trying to figure out an escape plan. We don't see these three young men trying to work out a deal and a compromise with Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, we don't even see them defending themselves at all. They're just standing still before an evil. And even when they are grabbed and even when they are thrown into the furnace, we never read in Scripture that they fought back or they resisted. They simply stood still. They simply became weak. And yet we know in that weakness, God's strength is made perfect. And God delivered them and God kept them and there was not any harm. In fact, not even the smell of smoke upon them. Our faith has to rest in the fact that Jesus Christ is our deliverer. That there are going to be battles and there are going to be struggles and you are going to try every way possible to fix it on your own. But how would our lives change if the Lord would just speak to us and say what you need to do is stand still. What you need to do is become weak. You need to realize you can't do it on your own. The problems we're dealing with right now, if you could fix them on your own, they'd already be fixed. That vicious cycles of those battles that you keep fighting over and over again, you keep repenting of over and over again, if you could fix them on your own, they would already be fixed. Psalms 18 and 2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. He is the deliverer. Deliverance comes only from God. There's a spiritual struggle that you just can't seem to get the victory over. My advice is the same as the Lord. Stand still. Yes. 
become weak. If there's a sin issue you just can't seem to get the victory over, you just can't seem to overcome, simply stand still and become weak. If there's a battle in your mind that you just can't seem to win, my advice is the same. Stand still and become weak and watch God do the work. The book of 2 Chronicles tells of several nations that joined forces to attack the Israelites. The king got word that a large army was marching toward them and he was terrified and he begged the Lord, Lord, give me some guidance. He ordered everyone in Judah to pray and to fast that God would bring deliverance. And so they began to pray and they began to fast. They began to seek the Lord. Lord, these armies are massive. They are coming to destroy us. And as they gathered together in this massive prayer meeting, the Spirit of the Lord became, came upon one of the men standing there. And anointed by the Spirit of God, this man stands in the middle of the crowd and he speaks. He says, listen, all you people of Judah. Listen, all you people of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I know the army is coming to attack. I know that armies from a lot of different regions have assembled together. They are coming crashing down on your world. But do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. And then he says this, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I have been fighting battles that were not my battles. I have been fighting battles that I can't even win. I have been fighting battles that victory has always eluded me. And the, the Spirit of the Lord says, listen, those are not your battles. You can't win them. What you need to do is become weak. What you need to do is stand still and realize the battle is not yours, but it is God. Yes. Jesus in the garden praying, approached by a mob, carrying swords and spears and torches. Jesus engages in conversation with his mom and all of a sudden the disciples realize they have come to arrest Jesus. They have come to capture Jesus and march him onto a hill that he would die. And so Simon Peter, of course, he's never been described as calm, collected, <laughs> cool. He can't believe these other disciples are just standing there doing nothing. Listen, I know there's a lot of Roman soldiers. I know we're outnumbered, but they're not taking Jesus without a fight. And so he pulls out a sword, and he, he swings at one of the Roman soldiers, and he cuts his ear off. Of course, he, I don't think he was aiming for his ear. He was aiming for his neck. The guy just moves out of the way and cuts his ear off. Others may just be standing there, but not Simon Peter. We're not going down like this. I'm not going down without a fight. And Jesus turns to Simon Peter, and he doesn't compliment him on his zeal or his passion. He doesn't say, oh, thank you, Simon Peter, for your act of bravery. He just put the sword away. Listen, if I wanted to, I could command thousands of angels to come down and just annihilate every soldier standing in front of me. And so often we're like Simon Peter. I feel like the Lord's not doing anything. I mean, I got this situation in front of me. I'm struggling with this, and I feel like the Lord's just standing there. I feel like nothing's happening, so I, I need to grab a sword. I need to, I need to fix this problem by myself. I need to take matters into my own hands. But the Lord's response is the same. Listen, you need to stand still. 
You need to become weak. You need to lower those defenses. You need to quit trying to figure out how to fix all your problems and just see the salvation of the Lord. We talked about Job a few weeks ago. His, he, he, he suffered terrible things. And he began to ask his friends, why is it that the righteous suffer? He was trying to figure out his problems on his own. And one of his friends named Elihu, he came and spoke to, to Job and he gave him this one wonderful advice in Job 37 14. Hearken unto this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Job had lost everything financially. He'd lost his kids, his health was, was being affected, his wife, his marriage was being affected, his, everything in his life that could, except for his own very life, that was the only thing that was off limits. Everything else was crumbling. Everything else was falling apart. And his friend looks at him and says, listen, you don't need to rebuild your financial stability. You don't need to figure out how to get more livestock. You don't need to even figure out why the righteous suffer. You don't need to figure out why this happened and why that happened and try to rebuild your life. What you need to do is you need to stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. You need to become weak. So Job takes his advice. Stand still. Looks up into the heavens one night. Quits trying to figure it out. Quits trying to put the puzzle pieces together. Quits trying to solve the equations. And he just considers God. And in that moment, God speaks. God never spoke to him when the fire came down from heaven. God never spoke to him when the, the, the Sabaeans came and stole all of his livestock. God never spoke to him when the wind came and destroyed the home that his children were living in. But in this moment of standing still, the Lord spoke. Job, did you ever tell the sun to rise? Job, look up all these stars. Did you arrange those stars in this universe? Job, just be quiet. Just stand still. Just become weak. Were you the one that told the ocean you can only come this far? Can you imagine having that conversation? There, there is no response to those questions. And then he says, I am the Lord. I created you. What the Lord was trying to get Job to understand is, listen, you need to stop trying to figure it out. You need to stop trying to fix this on your own. You just need to stand still and become weak and, 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 and trust in my strength. And in our moments of doubt and confusion, we could just stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. God, I'm really struggling. But what would happen if I could just come to him and realize, wait a minute. This is the God that told that son, hey, it's time for you to rise today. This is the God that said also he made the stars. This is also the God that said to the ocean, listen, this is where it stopped and this is where land begins. He's the same God that forgave me. He's the same God that healed my body. And so when I am struggling, it takes a, a heavy burden upon me. And there's, there's things that I'm fighting of doubt and worry and anxiety and fear. What would happen if I just stood still and considered God say, wait a minute. Why am I so stressed out? Why am I so worried about this? Why am I trying to fix it? Just become weak. Our human nature is when things go wrong, figure it out. 
fix it, correct it. But there are some battles we will never win on our own. And we will go to, if we don't get this figured out, we will go to our grave fighting those same battles. We can never overcome our sins on our own. There are struggles that we will never get the victory over on our own. In those times, we just need to listen to the Lord. Psalms 46 and 10, he says this, Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Listen, God, this is what you need to do. You need to take care of this person. You need to take care of these finances. You need to take care of this situation. You need to heal this. You need to do that. And what would happen if I just went before God and said, God, I'm just going to stand still. I'm just going to be weak. I'm just going to lower my defenses and say, God, I've tried everything I know to do. I need you to take over. There are times that God calms the winds, speaks to the, the sea, speaks to the wind, speaks to the rain, Peace, be still. But then there are other times he allows the storm to rage on. And he looks at us and says, peace, be still. Will you stand with me today? What I have found in my time in living for God, that I need to find those moments stand still if at the end of my life I want to be found still standing then I'm going to have to find some time to stand still before God and not be able to figure it out not be able to solve all the problems not be able to put all the puzzle pieces together and maybe God's not giving me everything right now that it makes sense but I can come before him and say God I don't know what to do God I don't know what the situation is going to how it's going to look give that struggle to God Give that battle to him. The battle is not yours. It is his. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I come to you right now. You see every struggle. You see every heartache. You see every battle. God, you have created us. You know our nature. We want to fix. We want to correct. We want to patch things up. And our mind is just racing with ways to fix things, racing with ways to overcome struggles, ways to help us overcome difficulties. But in the next few moments, God, we're going to realize the battle is not ours. This fight is not mine. I'm going to put my sword away, God, because this is yours. I wonder if we could just gather around, maybe find a place to pray and talk to the Lord. I want you to have a very honest and, and, and real and sincere conversation with the Lord right now. God, this battle I have been fighting by myself. God, I have been fighting and trying to figure it out. But today, God, I'm coming to you differently. I'm not coming to you with a plan. I'm not coming to you with a, a solution. I am coming to you, God, and I'm just standing still. I'm coming to you, oh God, and I'm just being weak and defenseless before you. Considering the mighty works of your hand, considering the God that I serve is a great and mighty God. Lord, the doubt can be overcome today. Fear can be overcome today, God. Questions and, and, and worry can be overcome today, oh God. 
my struggle with sin, my struggle with, with bitterness, my struggle with hatred, my struggle with, with, with envy. God, it can be overcome today. Through my weakness. Lord, I stand still before you today. As we sing this song, just have a conversation with God. Have a, have a Job moment of standing there and saying, God, I don't know why the righteous suffer. I don't know why I'm going through this. Caught up in your presence. Let God bring deliverance today. I just Let God bring victory today. Let God work feet. that problem out today. I'm caught 